0: Good morning, church. Isn't it awesome to be worshiping together this morning? How many men were, were, uh, were at the Awaken Conference? Now, how many of you women saw something come home with your man that you were like, yeah, he was in the right place? All right, isn't that awesome? See, God's not after just personal transformation. He's after transformation of our homes and our families, isn't he? So it's so awesome. Well, my name is Joshua Bold. And it's an honor to be with you today. I'm president of a missions organization called Ames.org. And if you want to know about us, you can go to our website. Guess what our website is? Ames.org. Aims. Yeah, you guys are sharp. I'm glad you're on it this morning. And um, what we do is we, we carry the gospel to people who have no access. So in the world today, there's over 7,000 ethnic groups. We call them people groups that have no access to the gospel. Never met a Christian, no church, no Bible. It's almost 40% of the world's population. And it just breaks my heart, over 60,000 people die every day, and they never heard the name Jesus. I don't know your story, but I know God's in it. My story was, I was in Pastor Rick's youth group, and uh, he just, he loved me, he pursued me. And uh, despite what my parents tried to do, and despite everything else, I got into I just chose sin. I just chose to be a bad guy. And, um, and, I, and I hurt my family. I got addicted to cocaine, methamphetamines, alcohol, and all kinds of other good stuff for about 10 years. And even in the middle of that, um, I just want to say thanks to Pastor Rick because even in the middle of it, he pursued me. Amen. I'm always going to be grateful to you. Another man that pursued me is James Roach down here on the front row, one of my best friends. I went to a men's conference like the Awaken conference that we had in 2005, and I, I was just invited, so I went. I had no intention of changing my life or doing anything. I don't know why I was even there. But in the middle of the worship, I, was, I recognized the presence of God in the room, and I just realized He's real. He's not an idea that my parents came up with or he's not some brainwashed social thing. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And I felt his power and I called on him. I said, I've always heard Jesus saves. I don't need you to make me into a Christian, but I need you to save my life. And if you'll save my life, I'll give you everything I have. And uh, in that moment, it was like the Lord came. He lifted the weight of all my sin off of me. It was heavy. I mean, I physically felt the effects of sin be lifted off of me. He flooded my heart with his love. He opened my eyes to see beauty again. And uh, that day I said, Lord, I'm going to serve you with everything I have. And so because of what he's done in my life, I'm here with you today. And I'm thankful to Jesus. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to Pastor Rick. And I'm thankful that, you know, there's a church like this that's willing to say, hey, you know, we're going to create moments for people's stories to be changed. We're going to create times where men can come be men and where we can really seek God And no matter what our lives have been like, we can walk away different because we've encountered the creator of heaven and earth. So this is a great place to be. I'm excited about preaching. I don't think Pastor Rick's is excited about me preaching because he gave you a warning. If you don't like it, please come back next week. (laughs) But I'll do my best anyway. No, I encourage you, man. I I, I attend, and if if, if you're not able to attend live, I attend Cedar Point every week online from my home in Colorado. Uh, Pastor Rick's one of my spiritual, the, a man that's spiritually fathered me. And so I love Cedar Point. I love what God's doing here. I believe it's not only going to have an impact and Claremore, going to have an impact uh, all around the world. And so, and well, you are having an impact all around the world because of uh, um, what you're doing to impact your region and then partnering with people who are carrying the gospel to those who have never heard. So thank you for that. Well, today I want to talk to you about being all in, all in. Everybody say all in. in. This is not a poker message, okay? (laughs) In fact, I believe that God's wanting to deliver people from gambling addictions this weekend. No joke. I believe there's somebody here gonna be here today, or many, at least ten people here today, that are stuck in cycles of 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 loss because of gambling. You know, the, the idea of all in and gambling is, hey, man, this is a desperation plea. Some people are going to buy it. Some people aren't. But I'm just throwing all my chips in. It's almost desperation. But see, that's what happened with me in April 2005. I was like, Jesus, I know for you to save me, I can't hold anything back. So I'm all in, man. I put all my chips in. And it wasn't a pretty picture, man. I weighed about a buck twenty, missing teeth. I was a meth addict, man. I'd been in the streets, and uh, I went all in. My chips were probably worth about a buck fifty, <laughs> and uh, and Jesus saved me. But I I believe that God is looking to do something in the earth, but He wants a church that's going to be all in. He's calling us to do something, and He's saying, you know what, guys? I don't care what you look like, what your family was like, what kind of. Uh, Hurts, habits, hang-ups you had in the past. I want you, and I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to use you to do something big in the earth, to see my kingdom come. You know, Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he had risen from the dead. And he comes to his disciples, and he says, guys, I got big news. I'm leaving, and I'm going to send to you the spirit. And when the spirit of God has come upon you, you're going to receive power. How many of you like the idea of having power? My son, one of our regular conversations that we have is he'll say, Dad, if you could have any superpower, what would you be? And I'll be like, I would want the power to love people unconditionally. He's like, Not me, I want laser vision. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's eight. So laser vision's way cooler than love when you're eight. <laughs> no, but Jesus wants to fill us with his power, right? And do something big through us. But I, I believe for that to happen, he wants us to be all in. So I'm going to share a few scriptures with you about that today. I want to share with you, though, I'm going to just be really honest with you. I've spoke, I've, this is my third time to be, get to be in a church in the last few weeks. But April, January 12th this year was one of the hardest days in my life. My dad, his name's Ralph Bolden. Uh, best friend and my mentor, I talked to him every day at least once. Asked him questions about everything I did. He passed away January the 12th. And the day that he passed away, the last thing that we did together was worship. We sang that song. Come on, my soul, don't get tired. There's a lion inside of you. Lift up your voice. My dad was on 60 liters of oxygen. Was struggling to breathe, but he was worshiping. Sorry, I got to catch my breath here. Um, that night, my mom and I were leaving Dallas, Texas, heading back to her home in New Mexico. We stopped at a hotel room to get some rest on the way because he had passed around 1030. We were driving all through the night and we stopped to get some rest. Woke up in the middle of the night. My mother was crying. And uh, I I started crying. We're having a time. My mom goes into the restroom to take a shower and just try to calm herself down. And, And while she goes in there, I cried out and I said, Dad, I need your help. I don't know what to do in the middle of the situation. It was the first time in my 43 years of life that I called out to him and he couldn't answer me. It's a terrible feeling. So I sat down on the bed. I'm just weeping. And as I'm weeping, I said, God, I need your help. And right then the, the Spirit of God just spoke to me and he said, I can be found by you in this situation. I want to share for you from Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. You know, when I was young, I always, when I was in Bible school and stuff, I'd read that scripture and I'd be like, well, I better hurry up and seek God because he's going somewhere. I won't be able to find him later on no that's not the, that's not what he's saying okay church you know what God is unchanging he's unmoving he's the beginning and the end he is always consistent he's always faithful he never fails he can always be found of you in fact Jesus said seek and you will find knock and the door will be open ask and you will be given amen so god is not hiding from us he's not running from us what he was speaking to me is he was like josh in the middle of this situation you can seek me and you will find me and i am your ever-present help in time of trouble see a lot of times what we try to do is we try to do things on our own strength on our own wisdom we make decisions based off of our worldview or our experiences. And then we get our results. And then we say, God, where were you? He's like, why didn't you seek me in the middle of that? And no matter what you're going through today, church, I want to tell you that you can seek him. If you're dealing with depression, if you're dealing with a broken relationship, poverty, poverty, What strife, whatever it is, addiction. If you seek him in the middle of your situation, you will find him. But I want to present three different scenarios to you that I believe can hold us back from being all in for what Jesus has for our lives. In Luke chapter 24, verse 16 Jesus had lived a sin, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, performed miracles, taught, displayed wisdom and power that the world had never seen because the Spirit of the living God was upon him without measure. He laid his life down on the cross, went into the grave of his own will. No one could take his life, he had to give it away. And while he's on the, in the grave, he goes into the depths of darkness. And the Bible says that he battled there for three days and nights. And he arose from the grave, holding the keys to sin and death. And he says, now whoever calls upon my name... Will be saved. Whatever prison you're in. You will be delivered. Whatever death has been occurring in your life. I will resurrect it. Renew it. Redeem it. Restore you. And make all things new. See that's what he did. And then he rose from the dead. And he, and he leaves his grave. And he started to teach all of his disciples. So in Luke chapter 24. He's risen from the dead. And he comes on this road, these two, two of his disciples, men that knew him well and were walking with him. He comes and he appears to them. The Bible says in verse 16, it says, as these two men talked and discussed things, Jesus himself suddenly came. This is verse 15. And began walking with them. Verse 16. But God kept them from recognizing him. See, there's times in our lives, even though we may have walked with God, you may have been following him. Whatever causes us to not see, there's times in our life that God is near. He is available. He was there. But is it possible that you didn't recognize him? Yeah, I recognized you when I was at church and worship, but when I was at work on Monday and Billy Bob mouthed off, Lord, where were you? I didn't recognize you that day. Yeah, Lord, I was there whenever I was at the men's conference, but when my wife uh, asked me to take the groceries out of the car, Lord, you weren't there that day. You know, whatever it is, y'all. I mean, the life's real, right? Is it possible that he's there and you don't recognize him? See, in this situation, the the Bible says that God caused them to not be able to recognize him. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in the Bible says that the little God, little G, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded their eyes as with a veil. You know, there are people who, because of the work of sin in the earth, they've been blinded from being able to see what God wants to do in their life. And even though he's right here, he's always available. Even though he's our ever-present help, he's right here. We are walking through life. We're hurting. We're struggling. We're striving. We're disappointed. We're depressed, whatever it is. And we just don't recognize that he's right there. Maybe that's you today. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus was going all throughout uh, the the area of Israel. In just a three-year ministry, he went to over 350 villages. He was serious about what God had called him to do. He didn't take it lightly. I love Pastor Rick. I was talking with him last year. He said, you know what? We're not just a local church. We're a regional church. We're going to see our region changed for the gospel. I love Aaron. Um, what he, the, the Live Free house. See, the Live Free guys are here this morning. Yeah. Come on, Live Free guys. I was at the house yesterday. And I'm like, man, this is a kingdom environment. Lives are being transformed here. Right? See, Jesus was serious about the kingdom. Because he knew that anyone that's outside of his kingdom is living in a kingdom of darkness. There's destruction happening there. And so he went to over 300 different villages, preaching day and night for three years. Some of them received him, some of them didn't. In this particular scripture, he was at his own hometown, Nazareth. And um, this is where he grew up. The people in Nazareth's seat, they knew him since he was a kid. Some of them had played against him in football. And they're like, man, he sacked me one time. I don't like that guy's attitude. Whatever the reasons were. And, and verse, verse 5 says, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them. Except to place his hands on just a few sick people and heal them. When I was younger, I used to read this and think that if I didn't have enough faith, God couldn't move in my life. Do you know the Bible says that God is God and he does as he pleases? You know, he can do anything he wants, whenever he wants, and we can't stop him. But... The reason that he couldn't heal them was not because they didn't believe right, it's because they didn't come to him. He says he could only lay his hands on a few. You know why? Only a few came to him. Says here, he was amazed, amazed at their unbelief. And then he left. Went from village to village, teaching the people. Is it possible that Jesus has been near you? That God's wanted to do big things in your life? Even he's been in your home, in your hometown, at your business, at your place of work, operating in your family's lives. He's been in your your city, up in your space, but you haven't come to him The third scripture I want to share with you is from 1 Kings chapter 18. And this particular scripture is about uh, the prophet Elisha. And he was being faithful to God, but his society was going crazy. Can I get a witness? All right. Don't watch the news. No. His society was going crazy. People were worshiping idols. They were calling evil good. They were calling good evil. They were persecuting God's people. The men of God were in hiding, and then they were. And so we find ourselves on this Mount Carmel. It's in Israel, over on the Mediterranean Sea, and so we're on Mount Carmel, and uh, and Jesus is saying, uh, "Sorry, Elisha." Is, has, is, is confronting the prophets of Baal, okay? So the prophets of Baal, there's about 400 of these men. They're armed. They're very powerful, very wealthy people. And Elisha says, I have a challenge for you. I, like, I know you guys have all the influence right now. But God wants to do something in this nation. So here's my challenge. Let's build an altar, You guys build an altar and cut up a a young bull. Put the meat on the altar. I'll do the same thing. And then we'll each pray. You pray to your God, I'll pray to my God. And whichever God answers by fire, that means fire falls from heaven. Whichever God answers, that's the one true God. The guys are like, okay. I, I mean, that was a pretty bold move. And so, so Elisha, so the prophets of Baal, they do, they do their thing. They build their altar. They cut up the bull and then they start praying. They start singing songs. They start running around in circles. They start chanting, doing all the things that they can do on their own power, trying to conjure up fire. But guess what? No fire. Pretty soon it's later in the morning and they're desperate. So they start cutting themselves. They're desperately trying to get a God result, and they can't. And so they start inflicting damage to themselves, thinking that that might help. But nothing. And then Elisha says, okay, Lord, time for you and I to get down to business. And he prays in verse 37. He says, This is 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 37. Oh Lord, answer me. Lord, answer me. Answer me so that these people will know you too. Oh Lord, that you are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. And as he prayed, it says, immediately. When was it? Immediately. 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 The fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull. The bull was already dead. He was already cut up. It was a beast feast (laughs) on Mount Carmel. All right. Burned up the young barbecue bull. It burned up the wood, the stones, and the dust. Now, here's what Elisha had done, though. Right before he started praying, you know what he did? He called some people over. He said, hey, guys, just to make this fair, I want you to fill up these massive barrels full of water. Dig a trench around this altar that we've built. And I want you to fill the the, the trench with water. And then I want you to take water, even more water, and pour it over the meat, over the wood, over the rocks. I love survival shows. And I'm always amazed that these dudes can be like, they'll take one little dry piece of grass and they'll click some rocks together and they get a fire out of it, you know? I'm like, dude, I have like six gallons of gasoline and a blowtorch and I can't get a fire started. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, um, so they're trying to get a... So, but I don't know about you guys, I'm sure many of us have started fires in this room. Some of us got in trouble for it as kids. But every time you start a fire, did you ever say, here's what I need to have a good fire? I need a big jug of water. No, right? Because water doesn't burn, does it? Oh, here's what else I'm mean. If I need fuel, I, mean, I need some rocks, because rocks are great fuel. No, rocks are what we put around a fire so it doesn't burn, right? See, what God's trying to show us in this scripture, you guys, is that there's things in our life that the world says that don't burn. And when we come to God, we bring him the stuff, the easy stuff, the pretty stuff. We bring him the prime rib. Yeah, Lord, I'll bring you my Sunday morning attendance. I'll bring you this kindling. I'll bring you some of my finances. I'll bring my kids over to the children's ministry. And yeah, Lord, I'll bring you all the best thing that I have. He's like, yeah, but you know what else I want? I want the water. I want the rocks. I want the stuff that the world says, no, you don't take that to God. See, the lie of religion, the lie of the enemy is that you can, that you have to deal with that stuff on your own. But Jesus came while we were broken. The word of God says that while we were in sin, Jesus gave his life for us. And he wants everything. So my question, my third question to you today is, is it possible that God has been near? That he was there, but you held back? He said, I'll only bring you the pretty stuff, the ugly stuff. I'll just keep that secret and I'll deal with it myself. Is it possible? Well, today we're talking about being all in. And I believe that for everybody in this room, one of these three situations might be a reality in your life today. Maybe he's been near and you couldn't see him or you didn't see him. Maybe he's been near and you just didn't come to him. Or maybe he wanted to do something big in your life, but you held back, thinking that it, you weren't good enough or that you had to do it on your own. I want to tell you, church, no matter what you're going through in your life right now, no matter how good. Everything is. Man, if you got it all right, congratulations. I don't. See, he wants it all. Two nights ago, we saw there was such a powerful message from Blaine Bartell. And he said, yeah, I've decided to wage war against pornography in, in, in the United States. Sorry to use that kind of language on Sunday morning. But it's already happened. Um, he did an altar call. There's about 30 guys down here. Powerful moment. But do you know that statistically, if there was 200 men in the room, that 160 of them are struggling with pornography? Why don't we bring it to him? Do you know that in the county that I live in, four out of five uh, stay-at-home mothers are on antidepressants and mood-altering medications? And those same women are coming to church day in and day out And they're trying to bring all the pretty to Jesus. But what about the broken? What about the water? What about the rocks? See, the statistics that are making our world fall apart, they're water and rocks. And I want to tell you that Jesus wants it all. I want to close with this scripture from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29. I'm reading this from the message version. Lord, I pray that you move in hearts right now. I pray, God, that you open up our ears and our eyes to hear and see what you're wanting to do today. And that you would help us, God, to make decisions to go all in for you. Hebrews chapter 12 says this. It says, do you see, do you see is he near and you're not seeing? Do you see what we've got? We have an unshakable kingdom. Now everyone in this room is watching our kingdom, our earthly kingdom being, being shaken. No one knows what's going to happen with the housing market, with the stock market, with politics. Your children are targets for evil men and women that are doing things in dark places. See, all these things are unstable. They're shakable, right? It's unsteady and it makes us scared. But do do you see what we have? We have an unshakable kingdom. Our God is a firm foundation. He is always faithful. He cannot be moved. In fact, the word of God says that when we're faithful, guess what God is? He is always faithful because he cannot deny who he is. He's the unchanging, everlasting God, the Alpha and the Omega. He's unshakable. And we, do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship. Deeply reverent before God. For God, please listen to this. God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleansing house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. Just like the fire of God fell on Mount Carmel and it licked up the the wood it licked up the bull but it also consumed the rocks and lapped up the water and consumed all of it our God is an all consuming fire and he won't quit until it's all cleansed our God is a fire and I want to ask you today What is he wanting to do in your life? Has he been present, but you haven't seen him? Has he been near, but you haven't come to him? Has he been available, but you've held back from him? Let's say no longer, not anymore. So I'm going to ask you guys to close your head, uh, close your eye. You can close your head if you want to. (laughs) Let me know if you figure out how to do it. But if you'll just close your eyes, I want to ask you to just evaluate your own life. And if you could look and say, yeah, there's some water and some rocks in my life. You know, maybe your water and rock is something that you're secretly dealing with. Maybe it is a gambling addiction. Maybe it's terrible litigation that you're in the middle of. There's a court case Against you. And it's unjust. And you've been trying to fight it. Every way you could. With earthly wisdom. Maybe you have a child. That's going off the rails. And you don't know what to do. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Or your job. Or maybe poverty has its grip on your finances. And you're terrified. I want to tell you that today. God's unshakable kingdom is here. And he wants you to be an all-in son or daughter. So if you've never seen him, you've never known his love, I declare today that your eyes are open, that right now you're seeing that he is the resurrected son of God. (laughs) If you've never known him, today's your day. And if you've held something back from him, could have been for hours, it could have been for decades. The water and the rocks. I believe today is your day to let the fire of God fall fresh and new on your life. Consume you and move through you. See, God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for surrender. Surrender a surrendered heart, a yielded spirit, a man or a woman that would say, God, my life can be a vessel for your presence. I want you to move in me, God, not just to forgive me, not just to save me from hell or from condemnation, but God, so that my world can be changed, so that my marriage can be enriched, so that I could raise my children in a way that would bring you glory and that would let me know, God, that you are in control. And so if you're here today and you say, you know what, my eyes have been closed. I realize right now he's been with me. I want to tell you to to just welcome him in. If you say, he's been near, but I haven't come to him, I've I've, I've, I've just stayed back from what he's calling me into. I just believe that there's several men and women in this room that he says, I'm calling you to come to me and I'll heal you, I'll restore you, I'll deliver you from addiction, from depression, from darkness but I believe that there are people here today that are wrestling with such darkness that it is crippling. And my message to you is that Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, by the power of His Spirit, is here to save you today. He doesn't want you to leave here carrying the heavy weights that you've been carrying. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you believe in your heart that He is the risen Son of God, that He will save you. And so I want to ask you, with no one looking around, that if you're here today and you say, you know what, I've been doing it all on my own. I've held back from God. I haven't been walking in in an open and honest relationship with him. And I want to live for him. I don't just want to get forgiven. I don't just want to be a churchgoer. I want him to move in my life today. I'm surrendering my life to him fresh and new today. If that's you, can I see your hand with no one looking around? I see your hand, sir. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Now, you might be here and you're like, Christianity's been something I've just never wanted to be a part of. But I realize right now I need Jesus to come and save me. The Bible says if you let Him be your Lord, that means He gets control of your life. And you confess before Him that you need His forgiveness, that He'll save you. And if there's anyone here today and you say, I've, I've never accepted, I've never confessed Christ as my Lord and my Savior. But today I'm going to do that. Today I've decided, I'm going I'm to set that old life down. I'm picking up a new life today. The Word of God says that when you're in Christ, the old life is dead and gone. And today a brand new life begins for you. If you're here and you say, I want that new life. We call that being born again, being saved my greatest desire is that you would receive the gift of salvation today. So if you're here and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never been saved, with no one looking around being respectful, would you please raise your hand so I can see you? I wonder if there's anybody like that in this room today. Thank you. Okay. Well, church, we're going to pray together as we close. I just believe that this is a holy moment that we can say, Lord God, we're all in today. I'm all in for my, my own life is yours. But I'm all in for my marriage. I'm all in for my children. I'm all in for my community. I'm all in for my family. My brothers and my sisters are gonna know you because I'm gonna be all in. So if if you're like that today and you're willing to pray a prayer with me, I'm gonna ask you to repeat a prayer with me right now. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you've been with me, that you've pursued me, that you've offered me life. And God, I know I've sinned. I've missed it. There's been times I didn't see you. Times I just didn't come to you or times I held back, but right now, I declare God, I'm all in. And I ask you, save me, fill me, use me, let your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. I declare, you're my Lord, you're my God, you're my Savior, my life is yours. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.